Hi there, and thanks for joining us for Stress to the Nines, a daily devotional from First Presbyterian Church of Fort Smith. Good evening. It is 9 p.m. Let's begin. O God, come to our assistance. O Lord, hasten to help us. The Lord grant us a restful night and peace at the last. Something happened at the end of chapter two that I didn't tell you about in Esther last week, and that is that Mordecai, you remember Esther's adopted father, um, he hangs out at the king's gate all day long. And I don't fully understand this, I must admit. It's gonna come up here in a minute too, Um, but he does. And that seems to have been a gathering place uh, for leaders in the city. Um, not necessarily like a beggar's gate that we think of in the New Testament a lot of times with um, people calling out to Jesus, you know, at the gates. Uh, this seems to be where uh, the uh, Better Business Bureau hangs out and, the, and, the, and uh, all of those groups. And so Mordecai is there, and the story I didn't tell you is he overhears of an assassination plot of the king, Ahasuerus, and he goes and tells Esther, his adopted daughter, uh, about the plot. She tells the king, and it's found out to be true. And so all of that really solidifies that Esther is obedient and um, uh, a a loving wife and uh, is going to be completely different from Vashti, as we talked about last week. But that is being put to the test uh, right now. So I want to read for you the beginning of chapter 3 as a new part of this adventure unfolds. After these things, the king promoted Haman and advanced him and set his seat above all the officials who were with him and all the king's servants who were at the king's gate bowed down and did obedience to Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai did not bow down or do obeisance. Then the king's servants who were at the king's gate said to Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? When they spoke to him day after day, he would not listen to them, they told Haman, in order to see whether Mordecai's words would avail, for he had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or do obeisance to him, Haman was infuriated. But he thought it beneath him to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So having been told who Mordecai's people were, Haman plotted to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, It's getting serious now in this adventure tale. It's not a six-month party um, anymore. And... uh, when you read the book of Esther for yourself, you see that over and over again, even already into chapter three, Mordecai has said to Esther over and over again, do not tell them you are Jewish. Do not tell them you are Jewish. Hide that. It will not be acceptable. And now the very thing she has hidden um, becomes the only thing that matters. Uh, Mordecai joins such people of the Old Testament as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, um, who refuse to bow down uh, to secular authority because they will only bow to God. Um, And Esther is going to have decisions to make here. The woman with no power is going to have to figure out uh, how to find some power, uh, or if it's worth it for her to find some power. 
I do want to note that uh, this really reminds us that all politics are personal. You know, um, it, it can seem like it doesn't touch us, and then it really does. All politics are personal, which is why uh, throughout the Old Testament, and we read it in the New as well, Jewish people uh, and Christians then after them, they are demanded that they have to care for the widow and the orphan. Um, they have to care for the foreigner among them. That is absolutely political. We know that uh, living in the world we live in. And so some of those things can see, seem so abstract and I don't like politics and I don't want to get involved. Um, but God knows well, and Esther is finding out well, um, that politics is personal. Um, and you care for the widow, you care for the orphan, you care for the foreigner among you, uh, because I said so, <laughs> and because it, it's, it affects your soul um, if you don't. It affects your soul if you do. So Esther has that choice to make as well, now that politics have become personal. Let us pray. Lord, we offer you our prayers this night. We ask that you would give us wisdom and discernment to navigate the winding paths that are our every day right now. We do not know what step to take always. We do not know what thought to think even or where we stand or how to relate to someone who stands somewhere else. We need your wisdom. We need your discernment. And we also humbly accept your call to us to care for those in most need. The way you make politics personal. Help us to learn how to hear that and to figure out what to do next. It is in your holy name that we ask it, and we pray as we've been taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Phil will be with you in the morning and I'll see you tomorrow night for another section of Adventures with Esther. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Stress to the Nines. You can enjoy this daily devotional five days a week on the church's Facebook page at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. or continue to enjoy them on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until the next time, peace.